News. 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 New York City. FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. It's FAQ NYC, the New Yorkers podcast from the newsroom by and for New Yorkers, the city. I'm Christina Greer. I'm here with Katie Honan. Harry's off today. Hello, Katie Honan. Hi, Christine. So let's get right into it. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio chaired a crime hearing on Monday, taking a field visit to a part of the country that has lower crime than parts of his own state, Manhattan. Jordan and other officials accused Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg of being soft on crime, saying without any irony, here in Manhattan, the scales of justice are weighed down by politics. I mean... I mean, at the hearing, there were several people who testified to say that Bragg doesn't take crime seriously enough, including those who had loved ones murdered in the borough. One policy expert brought in by Democrats rattled off stats that showed crime was worse in other states like Ohio. The hearing was panned by uh, most local elected officials here in the city. Uh, Jerry Nadler called it a weaponization of the House Judiciary Committee. Nadler is the committee's top Democrat. Mayor Adams said that when he heard about the hearing, quote, I thought Jim Jordan was coming here to sit down with the police commissioner to find out exactly what we have done, end quote, to lower crime. He sadly did not tell the congressman to, quote, go back to Ohio, uh, which would have actually been appropriate there. Perfect. This mayor is scheduled later today to hold a press conference on crime with Commissioner Sewell and D.A. Bragg. I'm unsure exactly if they'll talk about this hearing. Well, it's unclear if they'll be talking about the pet out of our absolute nightmares, the NYPD's DigiDog, which was re-revealed last week in Times Square. The dog was first introduced in 2021, but then quickly put back in the kennel after fierce backlash. But Adams has brought it back, saying that the robot, which has GPS, is a safe tool for policing. Critics, though, say it could violate surveillance laws. And we also know that AI has a horrible uh, track record in, in sort of deciphering African-Americans, and there's yeah. still a long, long way to go. So, Katie, you were away last week. Ben, Max, and I held it down. What does New York City look like after you've been traveling? You know, I was watching all that robot dog stuff from afar and feeling a little bit of FOMO because it's something you wish you were at. Um but uh, yeah, you know, looking through the sort of clips, catching back up on the news, I was just out west, you know, doing a little hiking and, and you know, still waking up on New York time. Even I, I always. always say that my vibration is on New York time, which is insane. Um, and of course, everywhere I go, I tell everyone within a few seconds of meeting them that I'm from New York City, which I'm very proud of. I think they can guess. <laughs> but, you know, multiple people said, where's your accent? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I have an accent. Um, but yeah, you know, it's interesting to look at this robot dog that had so much backlash. And I will say the fire department had continued using this robot dog. I don't know if it was the same robot dogs. Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, if they had kind of just switched agencies. Um, I guess it's useful in fires and doing searches. Obviously, if you want to search for life or anything else, it's maybe safer to use a robot dog than a firefighter to go in if it's an unsafe building. Um but the, that it's being brought back, you know, I think those concerns about surveillance, it is fascinating yeah. because what communities will this dog be used in? You know, Absolutely. I mean, what communities will be uh, will it be dispatched to? And I think the fear is it will be primarily communities of color to, you know, I, I think they were saying the dog could be used for like stolen cars, checking things like that. But is that I don't I know mean, how in terms of looking where police resources are dispatched. And of course, this all comes as um there are budget cuts to other city agencies, and you have this, what, 70-pound remote-controlled digi-dog yes. that, was it nearly a million dollars? Was that the cost of it? Oh, it's. I think it's more than that. But it just, it goes into this, like, 
hyperfunding of the police state, right? And we know, you know, I read a lot about AI because my niece is interested in in that sort of sector. And so I read a lot about race and, and technology just so the two of us can have, you know, more substantive conversations. And the technology, it's like if the sinks in a women's bathroom can't work because I have black skin and I've got to tap my white neighbor like, hi, can you please give me some soap and water? Like, or your white toilet paper so that the sink will turn on. I'm not comfortable with some, you know, crazy expensive million dollar digital that's supposed to not mistake me for another black person walking on the street if we haven't figured out technology in a women's room. But also this like hyperfunding for these police toys. I mean, I when I, you know, taught at Smith and I'm in Northampton, Massachusetts with like very little crime and the police department was like state of the art, you know, and it's just they're they can put in for all these grants and money and it just seems like this hyper policing going with you know, when people say, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It's like, we keep giving them all these hammers so they can just keep saying, like, we need more nails and we need more hammers. And so to have these dogs, which we know they won't be cruising on the Upper East Side, you know, they'll be in housing projects with GPS tracking and all other types of cameras and surveillance. It goes into the hyper surveilling of communities of color, poor communities, immigrant communities, Muslim communities. We've seen it time and time again. And we're going to pretend that, like, you know, when we have these adverse effects, it's like, oh, we didn't know. It's like, we do know. We keep saying it. And I don't know. I'm just, you know, yes, I'll say it again. With the defunding of libraries and so many social services, I don't see why we keep making the wrong connection of funding police departments and toys and not putting it towards communities and kids. So you, just as a little fact check on myself, um, I guess the NYPD has bought two robot dogs for a total of $750,000. And it will be used in life-threatening situations like bomb threats. I know when it was previously introduced in 2021, the NYPD said that this robot dog was used, you know, once in a hostage situation to deliver food to hostages, which seems helpful. Um, but yeah, because that happens all the time. I mean, what are we living <laughs> in, like, a Martin Scorsese movie? Like, oh, my gosh. All the, every day, hostages, uh, ho- every day. Like, you know, the same way, like, you know, I'm a little bit older than you. I mean, the same way everybody in my generation thought we were going to die by quicksand. Like, talk about a dog day afternoon with a robot dog <laughs> coming. Uh, yeah, and I, I think those are questions. And I know there was even that weird little R2-D2 looking thing mm-hmm. that's going to be on the subways, which everyone on Toys. Twitter was just savagely saying, like, Toys. who's going to knock it off the platform first or down the stairs? Right, of um, course. Listen, I think there needs to be an NYPD retreat to Legoland. Let these men play <laughs> around, get it all out of their systems, let them go play, you know, freaking paintball and laser tag, and then, like, stop wasting this money on these dogs. Because also we've seen it with, you know, the military. It's like, oh, they're just going to carry, um, you know, packages. That's all. And it's just like, and then we see them, like, jumping, you know, 50 feet and doing all types of, you know, wild, potentially dangerous um, life-threatening skills. So stop it's funding inter- this stuff. It's interesting to think of, um, you know, the different technologies because maybe I, sometimes I see things and I'm like, you know, when they installed those uh, TV screens, those ad screens in subway stations, my first thought was why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second thought was, oh, these are going to get cracked immediately. And of course, my colleague Jose Martinez of the City Today has a story about all these things Mm-hmm. Just completely scratched up. Mm-hmm. Uh, pe- whatever. If people are punching them, hitting them, um, and I'm not advocating for doing that, right? But who's surprised by it? So that's what I think of with all this technology. You know, especially when there's basic services 
I saw someone tweeted at one of the most recent MTA board hearings. I think it was Dave Colon that a bunch of kids who were testifying were like, you have all these dumb screens, but you can't even get better service for people, especially for people who are handicapped or need better um, handicap entrances to subways. So it sounds basic, but I always think that, why do we need this? This seems really silly that we have this. You're so so right. I also hate the new LaGuardia airport. So maybe I just don't like new things. You know, listen, I'm a Luddite. I I just sat there last night or two nights ago and wrote, you know, 15 letters. And I'm the one who single-handedly keeps the U.S. Postal Service (laughs) in business. But, you know, it is one of those things where it's like when kids can notice, it's like this is... This is like going to one of those cheap old museums where they have technology and like all the screens are out of service. I mean, this is, we're wasting money. And so when we say that we have all these budget constraints and the mayor is asking um, agencies across the board to cut, you know, goods and services and figure out how they can do a lot more with a lot less. And then we turn around and it's like, but we have more money for toys. We have more money for policing. I mean, it seems like this country's bloodlust for constantly, (laughs) I mean, literally like funding this hyper-policing state and then scratching their heads and saying, well, I don't know, you know, uh, we can't seem to figure out solutions. And I get it. The city's like crime is low. But, you know, we also know as a criminologist and, you know, an urbanist, crime goes in cycles. We're currently in a downswing. Sometimes it's like low-key luck. Sometimes it's age cohorts, whatever it may be. Sometimes it's jobs. But obviously, why don't we, if crime is low now or lower than it has been, why don't we shore up our future and make sure that kids have a foundation? I mean, all the data is showing us that more police don't don't make a safer city. You remember when we had the little NYPD slowdown and we were just fine, right? Why don't we, why aren't we investing in after school programs? Why aren't we making sure that we have the best public library system in the country? It's, you know, when other states are defunding libraries completely. I, I don't, I just feel like, um, you know, having a mayor as a former police officer does give us a perspective as to how I think the mayor looks out for the police department in ways that I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah. I guess it's a good pivot to the first thing we discussed, um, this crime hearing, a bunch of Republican congressmen from around the country came to Lower Manhattan yesterday to talk about crime in Manhattan focus, I guess, because, you know, Alvin Bragg has now uh, brought charges against Donald Trump, and this is seen as sort of a a retaliation for that. I I didn't cover it, so I I just caught a little bit of the coverage of it, and, you know, I found it just interesting that it wasn't as, you know, they had protesters there. I don't know what they were hoping to get out of it, but, you know, as as a New Yorker, and this always happens, you know, as a kid, my mom said, everyone hates New York. Like, don't ever forget it. For a month after 9-11, they didn't hate New York. Right. But after that, forget it. Um, She always, she was really reminded of this. We were watching American Idol when Pia Toscano from Howard Beach was on. Okay. And she was voted off very early. And my mom called me up and told me, this proves it. The rest of the country really does hate New York, which <laughs> I hope someone laughs about that. But, you know, looking <laughs> at this crime hearing, it is, it's just, it just seems yeah. like, you know, looking at crime numbers, but I here's the thing, and, and it's two my two thoughts on it, right? You have these people from around the country, whether it was, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene going on Tucker Carlson talking about how disgusting New York City was and it was busy. I'm like, yeah, because it was a crowded event. Right. Um, yummy. you know, you drove from Midtown Manhattan, you came to Lower Manhattan again, and and crime is different depending on your re, you know, your experience with it. So the people who testified who said, Yeah, you know, we're 
we're the victims' rights community. They're if you have a loved one murdered and you feel that someone wasn't prosecuted because of it, of course your percep your perception on crime is going to be different. Um, but you know, seeing these people just coming in New York City to mm -hmm. dunk on us, and, and it's not even a successful dunk, you know. But then yeah. on the flip side, this sort of reaction to everybody, like New York isn't a hellscape. Look at this beautiful tree. What are you, you know, the local elected officials, when I'm mm -hmm. sure there's other stuff that they can be focusing on, but right. this thing where, what are you just trying to get retweets on Twitter? Like this constant, you know, I thought by Thursday of two weeks ago, all right, we can talk about, we can stop talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's good. Right. She's back in Georgia or wherever. We're Let's, you know, that's how I feel. So it becomes this, the media plays into it. Social media plays into it. Um, it's this, I remember thinking of it after the subway shooting last April. I guess we had already passed the year anniversary when everyone was on take tweeting selfies. I'm not afraid to take the subway. Right. And I'm thinking, I don't know, but if you were, that's fine too. Right. Right. Like, right. like this, this, everything is for what is it? Tweets and like it's performance theater. It's yes. And oh, that's how it, ends. yeah. A lot of this. So Jim Jordan's meeting is performance theater. Um, you know, I guess the mayor's press conference, look, he needed to, I guess, respond to it, right? He did that before. Yeah. But then also everyone like, all right, we don't have to keep, are, am I going to convince somebody who lives in another city or state who doesn't know anything about New York City? Am I going to convince them on Twitter that New York is actually great? Right. Probably and not. And guess what? If you don't want to come, don't come. Yeah, don't it's come. It's nine million home. of us, not including the tourists who are standing in the middle of the sidewalk like they're in middle school. Yeah, like, stay home. if you don't want to be here, don't come. So I think a few things. One, Jim Jordan, you know, you're still performing for Donald Trump because we all know your sketchy little Ohio past. Um, he just wants to obviously remain on the good side of Donald Trump and, you know, hopefully be a leader in the Republican Party, which they're trying to out crazy one another each day. So this is you know, part of his kissing of the ring and trying to get his national audience. You know, they Kevin McCarthy has now increased their budget, so they're allowed to hold these hearings outside of New York. The first one, what was it, a few months ago, was um, at the border. So it's for performance to let their constituents, a.k.a. believers, a.k.a. the sycophants, you know, believe that, you know, they're really doing something. I love how Alvin Bragg was like, listen, don't come here unless I send for you. Here's, <laughs> here are the stats. Look at your district. <laughs> Jim Jordan, yeah. like percentage wise, you need to go home and check on your own people because you guys actually have way more crime and shootings percentage wise than we do. So settle down. I do think, you know, it's right of the mayor to respond because it's like, it's ridiculous. We can't just keep having Republicans coming here and having these press conferences for no reason. But all these other people sort of weighing in, it's like, all right, you're not going to get on The Daily Show and get a clip. Just get back to work. You know, like. That's what it. it is. They hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's, you're hoping, you know, Jimmy Fallon or somebody will, you know, retweet you or whatever. So like, let's just, let's, let's get to the business of what we elected you to do and focus on that. We're not going to change Jim Jordan's mind. The, the narrative, the incorrect narrative that New York City is like a 1970s crime hellscape, you know, from all the movies when you see all the graffiti. I mean, listen, Coming to America is my favorite movie. When they have the subway scene, you know, with if you're really a prince, I'll marry you. When you look at that subway, I'm like, holy hell, <laughs> that subway yeah. looks like, I mean, just terror on wheels. And it's like, hey, that was like the, the 70s and the 80s. We are so far from that. So it's like, if you don't want to come, don't come. If you want to come and see your, what is it, Matilda or, or Wicked or whatever the hell's going on in 42nd Street. We're the corn literally, movie, I, the corn everyone, show. 
what is going on with tourists? You remember when Michael Bloomberg was like, listen, we need two lanes, one for tourists and one for locals. And everyone's like, Michael Bloomberg, you can't say that. That's really rude. I thought about that the other day and I was like, I may have been too quick to be critical of Michael Bloomberg because if I see one more family standing in the middle of the sidewalk having a huddle, like we are in the hallways of, you know, JFK Junior High, I'm like, what? Do you do this at home? Do you stand in the middle of the sidewalk when you are at home? Maybe you don't have sidewalks. I'm not sure. They don't. I'm being crotchety New Yorker, but. No, but I am. I I think I am. I go out of my way to be nice to tourists. Yeah. Oh, always offer to take their photos of the Brooklyn Bridge. Very nice. Oh, I always, if I see someone with a map, because I know, listen, yeah. I travel internationally a lot. As, yeah, yeah. As our listeners know, Chrissy Greer stays off the mic. Yeah, she's, but, always, she's always on a flight. <laughs> my passport stays hot. I got to leave this country to understand myself. You know, it's like, it's hard being a black person to stay in this country for too long. I have to leave it just to like, feel like I can breathe. But like, you know, people have been so helpful to me when I'm traveling internationally and don't speak the language and they see me with like a map. So I, you know... Yesterday, a family didn't know whether or not they should take the D or the R. And so I helped them out. But like that, you know, New Yorkers are so kind. I mean, yesterday I had on a dress and two bags and I'm at a subway station. All these tourists, these two older women in two different stairwells are coming down with one who had a massive suitcase. The other one had some boxes. And all these tourists are just passing this, this elderly woman struggling with a cane and a suitcase. And so I'm going up the stairs. She's coming down the stairs. I circle back around and I'm like, I just say, let me take the suitcase. And she says, you know, God bless you, of course. I take the suitcase with my two bags, by the way, and walk it down the stairs. And all these tourists are just walking by. And I was like, see, this is what they don't understand about New York, right? New Yorkers will just pick up your baby carriage, take your baby down the stairs and keep it pushing. Like, that's what we do. And they don't get it. And I'm not going to sit here and try and like, you know write an essay about why don't you love us? It's like, you don't understand what it is to live here. Most people don't understand why we pay this kind of money, why we live in these tiny little shoe boxes, why we fight with rats. They don't understand the the vibrant lifestyle that is here, you know? And it's like, and that's fine. Some people like Applebee's and Target and a different pace of life and having a car that they sort of, you know, listen to Sirius XM and like all the things that are like part of a suburban lifestyle. I'm not knocking it, but there, there is a reason why some people sign up to be in, you know, what can be a wild so, you know, place sometimes. Don't forget. And I like, I, too. <laughs> I live in New York city and I experience a suburban lifestyle because I own a car and on Saturday mornings, I drive it listening to a podcast on Apple CarPlay to the target and college point. Okay. And if that's not suburban, paradise i don't know what is you're getting the best of both worlds then you can hit the home goods okay oh there's even an ultra there Ooh. now see okay at some point this is this is why it's like i miss harry but also i love when it's no harry would be raining this in like you know what no first of all we gotta do it um but i do think that it's worth it that's that's my harry (laughs) siegel impersonation he knows it, and I think he's pretty proud of it. Um, I do think that at some point we need to have a serious conversation about the difference between Marshalls, TJ Maxx, and Home Goods. There is a difference, and I'm sort of slowly but surely sifting we through can, it. We could do a whole episode because, you know, I've never been inside, but I've been very interested in a Ross. Oh, no, honey. Ross is to me good? is like... Ross feels like the Spirit Airlines of that whole set. <laughs> Someone told me it's like the the Delta Premium of the. We'll see. That's the. I think it depends on the Ross because yeah. I've been to some Rosses where I was like, "No, thank you. This dust bunny looks like a rat." So I am out of here. Um, I hope I don't get sued by Ross. But 
Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Ross fan. I've never I've been in Ross and I just sort of do a loop and circle out. Same with Marshalls. The line is always out the door. So I I can't say I've bought something in New York City in a Marshalls in for forever because I walk in. I'm like, my time is worth more than this line. I can't do Depends it. Depends on the Marshalls, yeah. But yeah, um I guess All right, that's rain us also, back in. Let's, I'll rain us back in be because hairy. I have a point. Rain you us know, back in. When I'm when I meet people or or people come to New York City, I, I don't know what they're because sometimes as much as I love New York City, right? Someone asked me when I was away, they're like, oh, you know, I've never been in New York. What do you think, what's a must do if I visit? And I was like, uh, um, Ellis Island, a Broadway show. Like, you know, you get trapped up. And by that, I mean, as amazing as a New York, as amazing as I think New York is, that I know New York to be, we're not so different than other places. Yeah. So I think this inherent fear that people have of New York City, you know, it's like, we got old navies here too. You know, well, but this is why shout out to the Tenement Museum. We have this whole thing called Your Story, Our Story, where you yeah. upload, you know, an object that represents your family's immigration or migration story. And it's like you realize we're all kind of the same. Lots of listen, people in suburbia are first, second, third generation yeah. immigrants too. Like it's not like we're the only place that has immigration or children of immigrants. I do think that um when people ask me that question, my go-to is always Take the Staten Island Ferry because it's free and you can yeah, see the Statue of that Liberty. Too, yeah. That's always like my my quickie go-to. Um, if it's the summertime and they've got time, I'm like, oh, go up to the cloisters because it makes them go a little farther away. Um, you know, everyone wants to go to the Met. Obviously, I plug the Tenement Museum because I'm a trustee. But um, I tell them to go to, you know, certain museums that are not on the museum mile. You know, like beyond like L and El Barrio and the Met and... Um, you know, it's like go to the studio museum and like hit up 125th street, even though that's swiftly becoming a suburban mall, Yeah, but you know, or come to Brooklyn and go to the Brooklyn museum and you know, the Botanic gardens, shout out to the Botanic gardens. Um, but beyond central park, you know, you can go to prospect park, just things that are slightly off the beaten path. But someone said, was it you that said this the other day where, you know, I, I work in Columbus circle and someone's saying, you know, Columbus Circle is now kind of like Times Square North, where it's mm. like, if you want to feel edgy, you know, you went up to 59th Street to, you know, the Time Warner Center. And it's like, you're still in Tourist Central, but it feels like, yeah, we're cool. We like left the epicenter of tourism and like, you know, came to real New York and like ate at the Smith or whatever it may be. Um, so, yeah, last time I was yeah. at the Smith, I saw Lindsey Graham and he had a flip phone, but that's a whole other thing. I don't remember the last time I was at that. Yeah. uh, But I guess that is, you know, New York City is always going to be the city people hate, I guess, Mm -hmm. because we're the biggest. We um, is it that we have such a we play such an outsized role in people's imaginations as well of of what a, a city good or bad is, what it consists of. You know, it's always very interesting to me the way. Yeah, the way that people react and. We're probably feeding into this by talking about it, but it's sort of like, all right, hate New York. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what state you're from. I don't even mean that disrespectfully. It's like, (laughs) you know, um, get your own shit. Why are you riding mine? You know? And to quote quote little Kim again, uh, if you rep your hood, then make some noise. Don't worry about my hood. Right. Don't worry about New York. Worry about yourself. And that's sort right. of the thing, too, right? That's what they say the New York thing is a mind your business mentality. Mind your These business. people in other states are not minding their own business. Right. That's right. Okay. First of all, I'm just going to let that let that sit out there because I love it so much. Um, but I think, you know, that's what's quintessential New York, right? Like, we're not checking for you. I mean, like, we know who we are. And if you don't like it, don't come. 
Like, no beef. I'm not asking you to come here. It's yeah. nine million of us. Like, I actually don't need you. We're good. And so we're good. I mean, and I know, you know, Mayor Adams would disagree with us. It's like, hey, girls, <laughs> we need this tourism money. But it's like, you guys are still going to come check for us. Like, stop sweating us. So, like, I, plan- I spend plenty of money in New York, right? We don't right. need all these tourists. Oh, my gosh. Literally, I almost had a nosebleed the other day. I, like, pushed a child. I was like, beat it. Why are you standing in the middle of the sidewalk? Like, I don't understand. I will say, I do say, I do, I do become mean Kathleen to the tourists if they're standing at the top of the subway stairs. Or an an escalator. I'm like, you guys have these at home. Do you not? Do you not? What I do is I, but I have to keep it moving. Because you don't know, someone could go after you. As I'm walking past, I go, not the best place to stand. And I keep and I keep it moving really, really fast. And I hustle down the stairs. Um, <laughs> I, I just always just go beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, you understand what beep, beep, beep means move out the way. And yeah. like, they usually like understand a beep, beep. But here's the thing. Also, though, as we said, I'm super kind to tourists. Oh, I, I one time. It's I, like, it's the, for me, it's the karma for when yeah. I travel. I need like good travel karma. No, I one time escorted a family on the seven train from Times Square. They were going to Flushing, right? And I wasn't going to Flushing. I was getting off at Woodside, but I just stayed with them the whole time. Mm -hmm. I texted their family, like their family who was picking them up at Flushing Main Street to like, hi, they know where to go. I'm like, just take this to the last stop. Mm -hmm. I even told them which stairwell to go up. And that was just because I was like, yeah. you know, I whenever I see, and I live by the Bus to LaGuardia Airport. So I, when I see people with a bunch of bags looking flustered, yeah, looking for the arguably worst spot, like right. poorly lit, yeah, bird shit filled alley where where they put the Q, um, the Q seventy bus, yeah, I'm like, no, I know you might not think that dark alleyway is where it is, but it is, and I've <laughs> escorted people to it. Well, my this is what I enjoy doing the most. When I'm on an international flight coming into JFK or Newark and I'm sitting next to someone and they're like, I'm coming. You can tell they're nervous, right? I usually take the back of the air sick bag and draw a map of Manhattan and show them all the places that they should go. Yeah, that's good. And carry it with you. It's a nice little artistic. No, because it's an interactive map. So like Central Park, Mm. you know, I put in the center and then I'm like, where are you going to be? So then I show them like where they're going to be. And then we do that. I will say this, the last piece, and this is an MTA conversation that we'll we'll pick up at, at a later date. When I used to take the M60 in Manhattan to yeah. LaGuardia, what was so frustrating was so many tourists would get on that M60, but you either need a Metro card, oh, or yeah. this was back in the day, or exact change and no bills. Can you imagine? It's six in the morning, you've got Confused. suitcases, and the bus driver's like, well, you don't have the, you don't have correct change. Like- and they're like, but I have, you know, five. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, tough Sorry, one. yeah. So then it's like, I would literally, when I, I used to have a monthly pass because I was always on the subway back in the day. Now I just do a la carte. But I would literally keep a Metro card with That's like nice. $20 cash on it so I could pay for tourists who were sitting yeah. there at six in the morning. Like, I don't know. Crying, nothing's, yeah. Nothing's open. How am I going to get this? Five ten dollar bill change. So these are ways, listeners, that we can be supportive New Yorkers. Help a tourist. Help a tourist. Well, I mean, listen, good karma, travel karma is really important because I've definitely been places where I'm like, where am I? Like, and I like I don't speak the language. I don't read the language. Just like, and I'm sticking out like a sore thumb, which means I'm a mark. So here we are. Okay, let's encourage our (sighs) listeners. Reach out to us. Tag the FAQ. 
tweet Twitter handle or I'm now I'm doing social media call outs like it's 2012. No, you're being those people from the Jim Jordan. Um. <laughs> Tag us. How did you help a tourist this week? Because, you know, it's nice to because I want to be helped if I'm lost in a place. Right. And I like to dispel any myth that New Yorkers are mean by being pathologically too nice and helpful. So right. they come back and say this lunatic woman who insisted on carrying my bags up subway stairs and escorting us to our location. New Yorkers are actually really nice, but yes. Um, and also, P.S., we've got Knicks and Nets in the, oh, in the playoffs, people. like I just, I just followed college basketball, but yes, this is very exciting. And I think, I, I, think I saw that, that both the Islanders and the Rangers and the yes. Knicks and the Nets are all in the playoffs. Yes, for the first time in like however many years. We could claim the island. I mean, they're on Long Island, but they were briefly in New York City. And there's plenty yeah, of... I mean, I don't New York City Islander hockey. fans. I don't, I don't follow hockey either. Or host freezing, Or the but. NBA. But I'm always down, you know, the Knicks obsession and fandom I appreciate. But listen, they're loyal. You know, they're a little bit abused, but they're loyal people. I'm just, for whatever reason, because I went to a few games this season, I'm like super jazzed. Okay, Spike and- Lee. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Um- <laughs> okay, super fan over here. <laughs> All right. On that, should we just say, go New York, go New York, go? Like the old song from the 90s? Say go New York, go New York, go. And, uh, oh, I did get a pair of Shelto Adidas, though, just to, like, make my queen's there you go. representation. Complete. Be nice to a tourist, root for the home team, and, uh, all right, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, let's do it. F-A-Q. This has been FAQ NYC. We're part of the city, a nonprofit, nonpartisan newsroom dedicated to hard-hitting reporting that serves the people of New York. Our work is freely available to everyone at thecity.nyc and is supported by listeners and readers like you. Go to thecity.nyc slash give if you'd like to pitch in. We're an affiliate of NYU's McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research, and we're a proud member of the Brickhouse Cooperative of Independent Journalists, Critics, and Artists. Find it all at popula.com. Our hosts this episode were me, myself, Chrissy Greer, and Katie Honan. Harry Siegel is our executive producer. Adam Kamara is our engineer. Thank you so much for listening, joining us, and making it this far. Be kind, be well, be cool, be warm, and we'll be back soon next week. <laughs>